right, welcome back to another episode of Coffee in a Convo podcast. Um, I'm flying solo today as one of your hosts, Jenna Berglund. Uh, we had planned on having Cameron here too, but she picked up a different shift. You guys know her. She's always working the hardest, working the mostest. And so I'm like, you know what? We already have it planned. Um, I'll just go ahead and um, do the dang thing with our guest by myself. And with that, I will introduce who we have on the podcast today. Longtime friend of mine, long time, like two year friend of mine. I think I think that classifies as long time. A long time. Um, Desiree Robinson. Des, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little about about who you are. Well, hello. Um, I am a mom to three, wife to a wonderful crazy <laughs> man. <laughs> um. I grew up in California. My husband is from Sioux Falls, so we moved out here five and a half years ago, lived in Spearfish. He is from Sioux Falls, so now we are here, and that's about it. That's about it. Super fun. Um, You'll hear more. I literally have been wanting for like the past, I don't even know, like year, I feel, since we started the podcast, I'm like, I wanted to have you on for like literally like five different things that I feel like you could really talk a lot on. I literally feel like you've lived probably about 20,000 different lives in probably. your, you know. Almost 39 years Yeah, of life. almost 39 years of life. Yeah. So, um, but one of the biggest things that I wanted to have you on here for first is to talk about adoption, the adoption process, um, and just all that. So that's what this episode is going to be about in case you didn't like read the title of the episode or anything like and that. And I didn't really know what we were talking about. Yeah, either. I was like, she's like, why come over and record? She's like, yeah, I'll bring wine, like have snacks. I'm like, okay. So we literally have been sitting here for like the last three hours. Um, we demolished a huge charcuterie board. And it was delicious. Yeah, it was delicious. Uh, we're fat and happy now. Um, I had a couple seltzers. Des is like half a bottle of wine in. I finished the whole bottle. Oh, you finished the whole bottle. <laughs> but it's like Stella Rosa. It's, it's not like, real wine. It's, it's not real wine. It's like it's like juice. It's like juice. It's like fancy Boone's Farm. Um, what what I tried though was so Cameron got me um on these things called like skip days or whatever. I love them. They're really and they're good. pretty good. And they're and they're just like another hard seltzer. But what I tried tonight, so my sister, she runs that um like day to day like motivational advent group or whatever on Instagram. And she posted that she tried like a LaCroix with the like fruity pebbles coffee creamer. And she's like, it tastes like an Italian cream soda. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what if I did that? with a seltzer for a little like extra flair yeah so i tried it with my seltzer tonight and i put the um fruity pebbles creamer in there you guys and it was pretty magical um anyway what kind of Stella rosa did you have this is what we do we talk about our drink at the top of the episode i had watermelon i never had it before and i was going to make like a fun cocktail but i have to drive myself home so i figured i shouldn't get too, too crazy too crazy but I think all the salami and cheese and stuff might absorb my oh yeah wine. hundred percent. That's how it works. Yeah. But um, watermelon, and I think the other one is pineapple. I've never seen pineapple oh. Stella Rosa. So we're going to try it. I haven't either. Yeah. That sounds delicious. We'll have yeah. to um, give, it, give an update on it next time I'm on here and let you guys know how it is. With that, I'm going to jump in with some questions I have because I realized that well, I know your kids well, and I know that you had adopted and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, like, don't really know anything about, like, the process or anything like that because you adopted f- through the foster care system. Mm-hmm. 
which I guess to start out, what made you guys want to adopt? Like, is it something you'd always wanted to do? Kind of just jump in. Okay, so I've always been a night owl until I started waking up at four in the morning. But I was always a night owl and I'm aging myself a lot. But there used to be like the, you know, the infomercials that are on in the yeah. middle of the night. So there was one for the ABC Foundation in Africa that was on like oh, all the time okay. at like midnight. And I would watch it like as a 14 year old through 18 year old. And I would sit there and cry and say, "We, I need to go to Africa and adopt a baby. Like, yeah. that's what I need to do. And so I just knew if I were to ever have children, at least some of them were going to be adopted. Like, yeah. that's it. That's what I was going to do. And so when I met my husband, when we started getting serious, I pretty much told him, here's the deal. I'm adopting children if you don't want to adopt children, like this cannot go any farther because I'm not like, that's just what's going to happen. And so he was kind of like on the fence about it. And then he was like, Oh no, that's a good idea, whatever. And so then he was on board and I've just always wanted to. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when you actually started, cause your first is from your womb. Yes, he is biological and he broke my womb. <laughs> <laughs> he broke me in half. But he was worth it. And so when did you, like, actually, like, start the process of, like, the whole adoption process, I guess? So how old was Hunter? Hunter is now 16. I want to say he was, like, three and a half. And we were, like, we should probably just start looking into it to see. Because we didn't want them to be too far apart in age. And so we started looking at it. And I looked into private adoption first. And private adoption is totally for some people, wasn't for us. But we interviewed um, some huge, if you, it was like when you Google private adoption, it was like the first one that popped up. Mm-hmm. And I called them and we had like a phone interview with them. And it was a terrible experience, like terrible experience. Um, they basically asked if we were open to different races And when we told them yes, they kind of hush-hush said, that's great because our children of color are on sale, were her exact words. (gasps) And I said, excuse me. And she was like, yeah, that's great. They're so much cheaper. And I was like, this conversation is over. over. And we're not, no, like, I can't, I can't, no. Um, So that was Like, that's a human being. That's terrible. Exactly. So that was the first one. And then we looked into, um, like a place where it was like birth mothers who were choosing families or surrogacy. And that was so expensive. And we didn't have like hundreds of thousands. We still don't like who has hundreds of thousands of dollars, like sitting in a bank account. Um, so it was going to cost a lot of money. And I asked, like, how do people afford this? And they're like, well, you finance it. And I, for some people, but I couldn't see, like, paying a mortgage on my child every month. Like, that just wasn't something that we wanted to do. Um, and people have fundraisers and stuff, amazing, but it just wasn't 
something that we were going to pursue. Right. So while we were kind of up in the air, like, what do we do? How do we do this? Um, somebody that my husband worked with was telling us there was a new thing in Southern California that was foster to adopt that the county put on. So what it is, is it's children whose parental rights are going through the process of being terminated or have already been terminated. So there's like a 1% chance they will be taken away, but you have to be licensed as a foster parent and go through like 27 hours of adoption training. And so um, we started that process. And I'd say from the beginning, like when we went in first to get like our fingerprints done and stuff, through placement of our children was like a whole year process wow yeah that's crazy and I know um you've said before that you had to like take classes yes so is that something that has to happen like if you're going to adopt no matter what or is that strictly because you were doing through the foster process I think it was through the foster process but I kind of think those kind of classes should probably be for everyone who's going to parent like Right. We learned so much stuff, and it's just crazy how kids who have been in the foster system, they're just, their chemical makeup is different. Their brains work a little differently. Um, it's crazy how much all of the stuff that we actually talked about and learned in there, we use day to day. Yeah. Like, seriously use daily. Like, it's crazy. anything you want to give an example of? I just always think it's fascinating because, I mean, like, I know your family well, and I've yeah. seen you, and you've talked to me a lot about it. Yeah. Is there anything you feel, like, comfortable sharing? I will share everything. Um, So, like, I don't know what the exact statistic is, but it's a huge statistic. Like, 80 to 90% of children in the foster system have ADD or ADHD just because when they were in the womb – like, I think people think of trauma and PTSD and stuff all happening when you are, like, a child, adult, that kind of stuff. Right. It actually starts when they're developing in the womb. So, both of our kids are meth babies. And so, our youngest um, had a lot of health issues. And it was, and a lot of, like, delays in life because mm -hmm. of how he was grown in utero and then his first experience in life was mm -hmm. very traumatic, very toxic, very abusive that he was, I'd say about a year behind emotionally and just in general. Yeah. Like everything. He was yeah. about a year behind and it took him a couple years, but he caught up and he's, I mean, he's a 10 year old boy. Um, and acts like a 10 year old boy and is completely caught up in everything. But, um, it took a while to get him caught up. Yeah. So. Well, on top of that, I know you said like, there's just a few things you had to like super overcome when you first got the kids. Yes. Like what were some of like the first struggles? They had no boundaries. Like, um, I think they strived so much for like affection and attention that we had to have so many rules and it might have it probably seemed like we were the coldest meanest people in the world but they would just kind of especially our daughter mm -hmm. would just want to sit in anyone's lap and like rub them like rub their face and kiss them and that's great 
but it's not appropriate to just do that to anybody yeah. or to somebody you just met mm-hmm. or to really just sit there and like rub people. Yeah. Um, that was hard. Um, they never learned. They never were like introduced to food the way children, babies up to children are supposed to be introduced to food. So, um, our daughter was almost three when we got her and she didn't know how to chew food. So she was treated like a baby. So when we would, I cut up food for her, she would gag because she'd choke and she wouldn't chew it up. Mm. So we basically had to start from like scratch with both of them with like baby rice cereal, slowly introduce mushy food, like Mm -hmm. really like clean slate starting over that kind of thing to reintroduce them. So she learned how to chew her food. So, um, that was, that took probably about three or four months to do that with her. And then our youngest was only given, he was 14 months when we got him and, um, he was really malnutritioned. They thought he was autistic. Um, we thought he was deaf for a little bit. We had like, we went to tons of audiologists and he had hearing tests because he didn't have emotion. He didn't talk. And he was one, he wasn't walking. Mm. Um, he was fitting into Hunter's six month old clothing and he was 14 months old. Oh, um, and he was just very puffy. He was covered in like eczema and mm-hmm. rosacea And he was on breathing treatments. He'd been in and out of the hospital with breathing problems. And um, the only thing he was ever fed were bottles of whole milk. Like, hadn't really started eating. And so, um, like, the within days of us getting them, I took them directly to our pediatrician. And I gave her the rundown of everything. And um, she goes, he has a milk allergy. He has a dairy allergy. And I'm like, he lives off of bottles. And she was like, he is over one, take the bottle away and give him soy milk. And within two months, no more breathing treatments. He was growing. Yeah. He, like his face was not as puff. like all the stuff went away. Um, so I'd say within three months, he was off of all of his meds and steroids and everything. Um, and so... I think that was really, really rough and having to be like overly strict to kind of compensate for them never having rules like climbing right. furniture, jumping on things, hitting, right. biting. Um, there was a lot of timeouts. There was there was just a lot of rules that we had to overdo. Yeah. And we still are very, very strict with them because um, we went to therapy for two years, all of us to kind of deal with all of this stuff and kind of figure it out. And, um, to feel safe and feel secure, they need so many more boundaries and so much more because they've never had any of that. So, um, when they start kind of acting out a little bit, even now, years and years later, we know that we've kind of given them a little too much freedom mm-hmm. and we got to kind of rein them in a little bit and be yeah. super strict for a little while. And it feels like they kind of were like, Oh yeah, we forgot kind of thing. Right. Just kind so. of like reroute a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one question I reached out to a few people 
And um, one question that came up was, how was the home study? Were you nervous for the home study? How did you prep for it? So we had, you have a state home study and a county home study. So the state home study was more like your water temperature. You can't have like scalding hot water. Mm. Like you have to turn down the temperature. Um, Medications need to be out of reach or locked up. Um, All of the... um, Chemicals and cleaning products need to be out of reach or locked up. Mm-hmm. Knives can't be out. Like, um, very child appropriate, like safety. Like, right. if you have stairs, you have to have a child gate at the top and the bottom. Um, that kind of stuff was the state home study, which we weren't really nervous about. Right. And then Just baby proofing, essentially. Basically. Right. But then, like, well, you have to have like covers on all, basically baby proofing. But then. The county home study was more like interview. They interviewed Hunter. Hunter was six. Interviewed him. Um, they were, she was there for like three hours. Wow. And it was very like, um, why do you want to adopt? Are you going to treat this child like it's your own? Like, I think we were, we weren't nervous. Like, we're not going to get approved. We were more nervous. Like, this is an interview kind of thing. Right. Um, it wasn't hard or anything, but it was just, it was a lot of preparation. Yeah. Just kind of, cause they kind of checked house stuff too. So yeah, it was just, it's nerve wracking just yeah. because of what it is, but I wouldn't say it was like crazy or anything. Right. Yeah. And then now having had your kids for how long have you even had them now? <sighs> so what, like 12, 13, 12 years? No. No. Nine. Nine. Oh, wow. I was a little bit off. I was thinking. Because Asher just turned 10, and we got him when he was 14 months old. So just under nine. April 2nd will be nine years we've had him. Wow. Yeah. So now, how do you talk to them about the fact that, like, you are their parents? Like, I know you're pretty, pretty open with that. Like, they, like, I know Sawyer, she always says that she came on the freeway. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, actually, that was part of our, um home study is we had to sign a way like we'll sign a paper saying that we would never hide from the kids that they were adopted like we it was something that in California that they did um and I don't know if it's everywhere else but we had to sign saying we would never hide it from them they would always know they were adopted um Sawyer is 11 and she tells everybody well not now that she's older but she used to just tell everybody she's adopted like she Loves that she's adopted. She's been proud of it, which is great. Asher's in complete denial that he's adopted. He knows he is. He, but he's like, I'm Mexican. <laughs> yeah, he will he, tell you he's Mexican. He is the whitest yes, little boy in the world, but yes. he will tell you he's Mexican all day long. Yes, and Sawyer apparently speaks Spanish. Yeah, apparently. Um, I'm only half Mexican. I don't speak Spanish, but apparently my children do. Um, so, yeah, it's funny because they just... Yeah, they, it does not bother them. We've always made it like, so what? You're adopted. Who cares? We're your parents. Like, whatever. Right. Um, and yes, yeah, so they came to us in a minivan with social workers on the freeway. So our daughter always said that she was adopted by driving on the freeway because that's how she literally got to yep. our house. So that's literally how she came on the freeway. And that's how freeway. she wants her kids delivered to her because she doesn't want them to come out of her. She wants her kids delivered on the freeway. Well, probably because you liked 
have had numerous brushes with death because yeah. your first child should not have scientifically been able to grow inside <laughs> no. you and then or absolutely destroyed you, yes. your ever-loving everything. I have a humongous scar on my belly and Sawyer saw it and goes, oh yeah, I don't want that so my kids will be delivered to me All from the freeway. the freeway. That's how they're getting to me and I'm like, okay, sounds good. Wow. Yeah, they're fun. That's incredible. Do you feel... Do you feel like um, an extra sense of, I don't know if like an extra sense of purpose is the right way to say, but I feel like it takes, and maybe I'm completely speaking to something I don't even know, but I feel like it definitely takes a special kind of person to be able to adopt children and then especially to adopt them like out of foster care. Yeah. So do you feel like... That was just one of the purposes for your life? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, like when people say stuff like, oh, you know, you're such a great person. I'm like, they're just my kids. Like, I don't even think about it like that. Like, I just always knew if I had kids, I was going to adopt. Like, that's it. Um, I don't, I think it definitely takes a certain type of person to deal with all of it because it was hard. Yeah. And it was not fun a lot. Yeah. And I pretty much had a nervous breakdown because I was like, why did we do this? Right. (laughs) I don't want them anymore. Because when you go from having one child that is very mild-mannered, very goes with the flow, very easy, very everything, like when it goes to having children that are bouncing off the walls... And screaming and throwing hour-long tantrums. Like, it's really hard to go from one kid to multiple children. Like, overnight, literally. Um, So, it was very hard. It was very hard. It was worth it. But sometimes, Preston, my husband, and I would look at each other and be like, did we make the right choice? (laughs) Like, why did we want more? Like... And not to be terrible people, but just I'm sure people with biological children are like, why did we have more children? Like, right. did we really need that many kids? Because it's very hard sometimes. Um, but yeah, they're just our kids. And what's crazy is that they are not biological, yet my daughter. She's you. Oh, but she walks and like sways just like my mother-in-law it drives me freaking crazy like I will see that child walking and I'm like oh my gosh you're your mima I don't like this like but her attitude yes her attitude like you would think it's hereditary and she looks like I looked at her age very very similar which is crazy and she has brown eyes and brown hair mm-hmm. and yeah and Asher looks like Preston and Hunter like when we saw the kids picture when we went in for like an interview about them and stuff our social worker was like you can't see the picture till we give you all the information because you're not going to pay attention and we were like whatever and she was like no you don't understand and we saw the picture and she was like they are Hunter like they look so So much much, yeah like our biological son and when you see us together it just makes sense and it's very weird and Asher is Preston he has Preston's attitude he has 
his bullheadedness and he's always right and he likes to like it is crazy how they are so similar to everything yeah like, it's really crazy really crazy that is that's yeah so weird yeah um what is a piece of advice or any advice that you give to someone who's starting an adoption process find your people mm. Find people that are going to support you and listen to you and who you need to find your people. Because we had a rough time because there was a lot of crap that went on and our family didn't understand anything we were going through. Yeah. And it was awful. And I had probably two or three friends that I could call anytime. And though they didn't really understand what I was going through they were very supportive and um just like grief groups or whatever there was actually at the therapist we went to our therapist she was amazing she specialized in foster kids Mm. and so she had a mom's group of foster moms yeah and she kept telling me to go and I was like I'm not going to group therapy like no I go weekly to see you anyway like I don't need to come back she was like, just try it once. Oh my gosh. I got there and it was like 10 women who knew exactly what I was going through. Like we all sat there and cried and complained about our kids. Like that's all right. we did. And it was so nice to know that you're not the only person going through it. Right. That if you could find that, find it. Because nobody gets it. Like, nobody right. gets what you're going through. Unless they're through. in the exact same exactly. boat. Exactly. And if people try to discourage you or try to tell you you're crazy, don't listen to them because they have no idea what you're going through. It is so stressful. And another thing, don't expect to fall in love with them right away. Mm-hmm. I had a big problem with that because... I just assumed I was going to see them and be like, oh my God, I love you. I would die for you. No, no. Right. <laughs> and I went and asked my therapist about it. And I'm like, there is something wrong with me. Like, I'm a terrible person. And she was like, why? And I said, I don't love them. Yeah. And we had probably had them for like six or eight months. I was like, I don't love them at all. Like, I don't even like them right now. Yeah. And she <laughs> looked at me and she said how do you feel about Preston when you met him? I was like, oh my God, I hated him. I thought he was so annoying. Right. And she was like, so why do you expect to love them right away? And Mm. I just kind of sat there and she was like, this is a new relationship. Right. And she was like, you grew Hunter for nine months. Mm -hmm. You have nine months to connect Mm -hmm. to all that stuff. Even on like a, like you have like, chemicals and hormones happening in your brain you have that like first touch when he like pops out and they lay him on your chest and maybe not you because you were like dying but yeah you know like there's all that stuff that happens like Mm -hmm. even just you have no control of it your body just does it automatically to bond baby and mom yeah yeah and that didn't happen to me with hunter because i was sick right i think it didn't happen. i felt like a glorified babysitter for his first year of life which is sad but and I like sat there talking to her and I was like, no, I should love them. And she was like, why do you feel that? Right. Like when you meet a new friend, she's like, who are your best friends? And I told her I have like two best friends, had them for years. Yeah. And she was like, do you love them? And I was like, oh my God, I would die for them. Like they're right. not friends. They're my sisters. Right. She was like, 
how did you feel about them when you met them? I was like, oh, like mm-hmm. then it started to make sense. Like this it's is a new it's relationship. A new relationship. Yeah. And so it did take a while to develop. And I, um, with Asher, cause he was only 14 months old when we got him, I started doing skin to skin. Like I would sit in a sports bra and have him lay on me and like feed him his bottle and stuff. And that helped with the yeah. bonding a lot. Um, with Sawyer, it was harder because she was crazy. <laughs> she Crazy? She bit everybody and she would like lay on the floor and scream for hours. So her and I took a little bit longer, but um, it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And I feel like her and I connect more and more as she's getting older yeah because we're able to talk about more she verbalizes Mm -hmm. more um but yeah it's just it's a very and I it's hard with a biological child too I think being a parent is just very hard but they don't tell you how hard being a parent is um but it just takes time like just be patient and it'll all happen and if it takes a little bit longer it's not a big deal yeah yeah that's really good I honestly it makes so much sense, but that's something I never would have even thought about. Because I, I mean, I've, about it. I've thought about, you know, I will probably, whether it's because I'm not quote unquote forced to because of, you know, health issues or yeah. whatever. But um, regardless, even if I can't have my own kids, I'll probably end up adopting at least one or two. I've always thought in the back of my mind, but I hadn't, I've literally never thought anything of it. But there's so much that we've gone through that I never would have thought of like when you have a foster kid you're not allowed to leave like the county oh I didn't know that you have to like get permission to take this child out of the county and so I'd be like so we can't go on vacation without getting it clear yes you have to like and it's it's very it's a very like catch 22 situation and it's very like oxymoron too because they're like they're your child treat them like your child by the way you can't do this you can't do that you need permission to do this and there's so much right. stuff. we couldn't change their appearance we couldn't cut their hair um we couldn't do any of that stuff because they were technically still somebody else's child mm. so the second parental rights were terminated we changed their names and cut their hair yeah. like the second Sawyer, yeah. all she wanted was her freaking ears pierced. Yeah. So, like, days after parental rights were terminated, I took her to go get her ears pierced. That's awesome. Because, I mean, it's like... And they were they were not well cared for. Um, right. And it was just like, I just want to cut their hair. Right, like, just groom them just, even. Yes, yeah. and we couldn't. We couldn't do any of that stuff. Like, nothing to change their appearance. And... Um, Which just sucks because that's just like one more tether to their old life exactly that is just hanging on exactly and we had to do visits um supervised visits because their family had a lot of issues um but it was so hard because you're supposed to be their new parents and they call you by your first name so I had never hated my name so much until I had a two-year-old walking around going Desiree Desiree like I hated my Mm, name for a year because I'm like I don't want to hear my name being called anymore um and at visits their parents will tell them you're coming back to me oh I'm getting you or they get all excited to see their parents or huge anxiety to see them and then they don't show up 
Mm. Or they test positive for alcohol so they can't see them because they have to like, well, they had to be drug tested and alcohol tested to yeah. see the kids and they would fail it. So they'd have to leave. So I'd literally pull into the parking lot and then get a call and have to pull out. And mm. then I have kids hysterical because they don't know right. what's going on. Um, so that was very, very hard. And there's just, it was, it was hard. It was yeah. so, and that's one thing is that. It is so hard. It's such a hard process. And if you get an easy process, God bless you because it's just, it's very difficult. What's crazy to me is that literally you have to go through all of this, this this whole process to, you know, mm-hmm. adopt a child or adopt a child through foster care or even to foster a child. You have to go through these lengthy processes yet when you just like pop out your own baby they're like you got a car seat okay you're good to go and they just send you on your way i'm just like should we like have some something should we have some something i feel like we need some something like i could use when i get pregnant i mean like you you hope that people are doing their studies that are getting on like the mommy blogs and like reading books and whatever yeah you know like i know my sisters each read a few books here and there and did some research but like nothing prepares you nothing and that's the whole thing i'm just like you go through all these lengths to take care of these kids but i'm like but if you're just in a hospital it's just like okay yeah name them make sure you have a decent car seat and we're just yeah. gonna send you on your way good luck don't it's, kill them it's so scary like that just blows my mind it's especially so sitting scary. like you sitting here and like talking about just how lengthy the process is and just like everything you actually had to go through and i'm just like yeah they're just like giving kids away like they're like candy at the hospital obviously like you grew up for nine months like i get that but also at the same time oh it's just wild to me well sawyer now is verbalizing she has been for a couple years like um when i'm older do you think it would be okay if i like found my biological mom and i'm like yeah i will help you you know i said but i just want you to be old enough for like your heart and your head to understand Mm -hmm. and kind of you know, I said, I right. don't want it to be too soon and have it be extra hard. Like, it's yeah. going to be a process and it might be really hard. I said, but I want your heart and your head to be able to, like, understand it. Yeah. Um, and. Because does she still, because she was a little bit older. Does she have, like, cognitive memories with her so birth mom? Here's what we also learned in therapy. We learned so many amazing things in therapy. So, and everybody does this. When kids remember things, you can't physically remember everything, right? So a lot of our memories are tied to special days and events. So a lot of things are tied to like birthdays, holidays, and those are also, especially for foster kids, the hardest times Mm -hmm. because that's what all their memories are linked to. So everything is triggered, the good and the bad. And so... um, Sawyer remembers stuff, but I think a lot of her memories are stories she's heard. Oh. And then things she's kind of concocted herself mm-hmm. with memories. Yeah. I think it's like a combination of all like of them. Like a nice little yeah twisted up cocktail of yes. stuff in her brain. Yes. And sometimes she'll want to talk about it, and her and I will go on drives, because I could tell... Um, Because she gets, and you're going to have to bleep this, but she gets her bitch face on. That's what I call it. And it's just, you could could look at her and you could see in her eyes that she's pissed. Yeah. Like, and what's, what, and we're learning this too, is as they get older, 
their episodes where they kind of, I don't want to say like fall off the wagon, but kind of where they kind of like go a little bananas or getting further apart, which is very nice because it was very, very hard for a couple years. Um, Even when you guys first moved to Sioux Falls. She had she was a having a rough, rough time. time. She was having a rough time. That first holiday season, I yeah. remember, was really rough. She for you guys. was a little crazy, um, but she will. I will see it in her face, and we'll just kind of go on a drive. And I basically have to be like, "What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. Why are you angry? I'm not angry. Why are you sad? I'm not sad." what's going on like I have to just poke and poke and right. poke and then all of a sudden she'll be like <gasps> and then burst into yeah. tears and like spill all these beans and so um her main thing is why did her she used to call them her bad parents her biological parents I did not say that my husband did not say that that's just what she came up with why did my now she says her first parents why did my first parents have to be such bad people Mm. And I'm like, you know what? There's bad people all over the world. I said, but I'm grateful for the bad people because they gave me kids. Yeah. Like, if they weren't bad parents, I wouldn't have gotten you. Yeah. And so um, I was like, you know what? There has to be people like that in the world for people like me and dad to have a family. Mm. You know? Yeah. And so I try to spin it more like that than elaborate on all of the mistakes her parents might have made. Yeah. Um, Because I have parental issues, so I'm like, I'm not going to add to her trauma. She's probably already going to need therapy later on. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to add to that. Um, Asher could give two craps. He does not care one bit. He is just... That boy... You guys, (laughs) I wish that you could just experience this boy for, like, five minutes. He is, like head in the clouds in his own little world just like happy as the day is long oh my gosh. oblivious to everything everything everyone. everything and even when he does notice like like someone's like annoyed with him or they're just like like get it together dude he'll just be like Meh. like he just does not care he does not care he's living his best life and you're not gonna get in the way of it he, and it's amazing he is he is the biggest jerk in the world, mixed up with the cutest, most cuddliest, most complimentary sweet boy in the world. Like, he he is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, I will want to throw him out a window yep. one second. And then he's like, Mom, you're so beautiful. I just love you. I just want to hug you. Like, two seconds later, yep. and you're like, oh, my God, you're so cute. You have freckles. Like, right. That's that's how we live our life with Asher. <laughs> um, I think a couple of my favorite, um, as long as we're on this, my, a couple of my favorite Asher memories uh-huh. would be when we went. So I went on a road trip with Desiree <laughs> and her family to California. So we drove. We drove. We literally drove. You guys. It was like twenty eight hours, y'all. It was, it was the so, longest. It was the longest yeah. freaking drive of my life. But we beautiful. Made a lot of memories. Beautiful drive. Beautiful drive. And I. Oh, we should have an episode just on our California trip. And that and would be, that would be hilarious. hilarious. We should get Hunter on here. <laughs> we okay. Okay, so we're gonna go off on a little bunny trail here. Three memories from that trip. Okay. One. We're at the gas station in the middle of Wyoming. I lost in the my middle of the rocks. Credit card. Okay, so Des is like Des pays for gas. She goes in. We all go pee. She gets snacks. We get snacks. Whatever. We're all getting back to the car, and she's like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." 
And she does this thing where she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she holds up her hands in the air above her head. Like, everybody stop what you're doing. And so everyone just kind of like pauses. And she's like, I lost, I lost my credit card. I don't know where my credit card is. <laughs> so we all start going, like rummaging around. How long like, have we been driving at this point? Probably like 13, 14 hours maybe. Okay, yeah. So okay. I was losing my mind. Yeah, she was losing her mind a little bit. I hadn't taken over driving at this point. You got more lenient of letting me actually drive towards the end of the trip. Because I was dying. You were dying. <laughs> and I was just like, get me my bang. We called it unicorn piss that whole uh-huh. time. Bang saved the day during that road trip. Anyway, so we're all hop out of the vehicle. We're rummaging through everything. We're looking under seats. Hunter is losing it. He's like, mom. Where the heck would you have put it? Why did you lose your... Like, he's... he's he, Like, he was in Preston mode at that point. He was, yeah. like... He was angry with you. He yeah. was, like, what are you doing? Like, get it together. You're supposed to be the adult here. And I'm, like, I'm like okay, Des, just... And I'm, like, trying to be calm because no one else is calm. Yeah. And I'm, like... I'm, like, okay, Des, just think. Like, where did you... She's, like, I don't know. I don't know. And so she starts retracing her steps. She goes back into the bathroom. Like, Sawyer goes with her. Everyone's looking. They're looking through, like, the candy aisle and, and, like, the snack aisle. We emptied out her whole purse. And I'm, like, well, did you hand it to me? She's, like, I don't know. So like. I check all my pockets. I empty my purse. I look under my seat. We're moving everything around. We're like, literally, we unpack the entire car. Anyway, so we're tearing the whole car apart. It's like a mess. And then literally, I think we've unpacked everything at this point. Hunter's freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't have that much money on my debit card. And like, I'm still not adult enough to have my own credit card. And I'm like, I'm like, and just wait till Preston hears. Preston's going to flip. And literally, we're just all so stressed. And then finally, after like 15 minutes of this, does like, wait, wait, wait. You guys, it's in my pocket. <laughs> and that was I like, never put it in my first pocket. day. First day. That set the tone for the whole For the whole trip. trip. For the whole trip. And Hunter goes, oh my God, mom. I can't believe you. I can't you. believe you. And I'm just like, Tess. I'm just like, whatever. Everyone, we throw all our crap back in the car. Like, we're all just like, oh my gosh. And Des is just like laughing. And, we're, and me and Hunter are like, oh my gosh. I can't believe she's in charge like who is the 38 year old here i don't know (laughs) not her like so that was the first thing and then we pull up to um where's that last uh uh that last place we went to on the way there on the way back on the like the last place we were at where all of your friends came that beach that hotel we stayed in (laughs) We're in Carlsbad. Carlsbad. Okay. So we pull up to Carlsbad and Preston is going in to like get us checked in and stuff. And we're all just like sat out in the car and windows are rolled down. We're having a good time enjoying the fresh air. It was beautiful. Like 75 degrees. And Asher is like leaning out the window. He has his elbow propped up on the windowsill and he's like, hey, dad, look at those hot chicks. And like little Asher, and he just would not shut up about it. He just would not shut up about it. It was the funniest thing in the whole world. And then I ended up in uh, sharing a queen size bed with Asher the last night we were there because he was just he's just a little like terror in his sleep, and no one else wanted to share a bed with him because no. you can't sleep in a bed with Asher. No, and it is like six a.m. <laughs> and I'm sitting and I'm laying there and I'm sleeping and I just hear. And it's, like, Asher, like, aggressively whispering, counting to, like, 50. 
And then starting over back at one. And finally, I'm just like, like, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. It's fine. Just go to sleep. And mind you, after we get up, we have to, like, go get breakfast. And then we're, like, headed back. Like, that was the day we were going to head back. And then that was a whole other fiasco, too. And that was a whole other fiasco, too. And so, literally, I'm, like, laying there. And I'm, like, just go. Just, just sleep, just sleep. And I'm like, maybe he'll stop, maybe he'll stop. And I was like, at one point, because I didn't want to be like the mean, like Aunt Jenna, who's like, shut up, I'm I sleeping, wanna... I'm <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, but I like, I just want them to love me. And so I'm like, I'm like, just be cool, just I be cool. Put a pillow on and me. then I was like, I was like playing there, and I was like praying to dear Jesus. I'm like, can you just like shut him up? Like I am like not well. And then finally, after what felt like an eternity, which was probably only like ten minutes max, I felt like I'm like, Asher, what are you doing? And he's sitting there, and I don't even remember what he was doing, but he was like, like, he was just like banging his head against his pillow, <laughs> counting one, two, three, like counting his head, <laughs> counting his headbutts against his pillow all the way up to like 50, and then starting over. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he just like looks at me, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. And I'm like, Go to bed. Like, go to sleep. Like, we're not, we're not, like, our alarms are set for eight. We have two hours. The sun is not up yet. We have two hours, dude. We have two hours. And he's like, okay. So he's just laying there. And then, I don't even remember, but he did not go back to sleep. No, and I was uh, just like, I was just like awake. And I'm just like, okay, this is cool. It's fine. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Yep. Oh, that hole. Yep. Oh. And then, <laughs> at least on the way there, we stopped in, like, right by the border. Yeah. And we stayed at that casino, but on the way back, we, there was a storm coming in to South Dakota. Oh, to Sioux Falls. So, so we, we had, had to, to drive through. We had to beat the storm because we didn't want to get stuck somewhere. Yep. And we were all so tired and all we wanted to do was be in our own beds. Yep. And so we drove straight through. Straight through. With three kids. There was, <laughs> do you remember? Okay. So... Des, it's like, it's 11 o'clock the night before, and Des is like, oh, I'm tired. Like, do you think you can drive for a little bit? And I'm like, yeah, I can drive for a little bit. Like, I'm doing good. And this so before or after I took a bang? I had a bang. So you had your bang. Okay, so. So we had we had stopped. It was our first time ever having a right. bang. Right. Um, shout out to Joan and Ernie. They always drink bangs at work, and we're like, those are going to stop your heart. And they're like, yeah, but they're good. And they were just like freaking psychos it on this made, like bang energy it drink. It made us balls to the wall. Like, I felt Crazy. like I was what the equivalent of being on crack would be. I've never I'm pretty done sure. Drugs. Never done drugs, but. And. Then I was like, fine. I was good. I was going. I was just full of energy. And then I felt like I couldn't, couldn't be alive. Do it. I couldn't. I, right. I was dead. Right. And I passed. Yeah. Out and so you she's were like, mad I'm like, at me. I'm like, I'm like, are you tired or whatever? And I'm like, I like, can't try. And you're just like, she's like, yeah, yeah. Can you just take over? Like, I just need a minute. I just need to like close my eyes for a minute you're like like i just need like an hour nap and then i'll be good and i'm like okay sounds good so i hop it's like 11 o'clock at night i hop over in the driver's seat i was smart and when we stopped for those bangs i got two bangs you only got one your heart didn't explode it almost did you only got one i got two hop over in the driver's seat we're driving through like wyoming utah whatever and um I felt you like I was put under anesthesia. You I literally, you were over there, and I was like, I was like, I was like, you good? And you're like, yep. And then I, li- I swear, I look back over there, like ten minutes later, you're like, ah, like <laughs> just absolutely dead, just absolutely dead. We drove through like a rainstorm, 
just I don't un- remember any unconscious. Of it. Like yeah. we drove through like a herd of deer at one point. You were like up in like the mountains in Utah. Like you were unconscious. You were oblivious. And then I don't do well with lots of caffeine. And then you were like, and then literally you just slept through the whole night, the yeah, entire I really night. Did. And I, I really drove, did. I just kept trucking and I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. The kids in the back were sleeping. I was blaring music. I'm like, these frickers are all just passed out. And I'm like, and I'm the one driving us. And I'm like, whatever. I'm playing my music because I'm keeping us alive. Okay. So then the next morning rolls around and it is like. Seven o'clock, finally Des like kind of rolls over and you're like, I feel great. And she's like I you were so bad. You were like, you are driving now. I was like, I I was strung out on so much bang and I was so unwell. And the thing is is that bang, like you are high and then you until are you done. are not. Like yeah. it's not it's not a gradual it's no, not a gradual it's drop. Not off. Alani knew. Alani knew is very it's very smooth. It is bang, very smooth. You go really, really high and then and you're then high for a while. Free fall. Yeah. Anyway, so she rolls over, it's like seven, seven thirty. We're Sun's in the middle up. of Wyoming and she's like I'm like, how, how are you doing? Close my eyes there for a bit. And I'm like, I'm unwell. I literally pulled off into an approach. I pulled off into an approach in the middle of nowhere. You were like, you have slept for seven hours. For seven hours. It was actually eight hours because we went through a time change. Oh, yeah. You got like a full like. I got a full night's rest. You got a full four REM cycles. And I was like, I'm unwell. And so then we pull over. All your kids are up. And they're yep. like just crazy. And I'm like, yep. cool. So you guys all got regular sleep. Now I'm going to have like freaking, I don't even. Whatever. It's fine. Pull over. I get into the driver's seat. I don't even remember you pulling out of the approach. Like I, yeah, that is. You, I literally. Yeah. I sat down. And I was like. I, I don't think. I don't think I had even adjusted my seat to reach the pedals, and you were just gone. Done. I was yeah. so gone, you guys. Yeah. So, so gone. And it was like that thing, because I have a little bit of a hard time sleeping in cars, because I have, like, a little bit of PTSD from my accident. Mm-hmm. But literally, so it was that thing where I would, like, wake up every two hours, and I'd be like, okay, that's enough. You can be awake now. And my body was like, nope. And I just, mm-hmm. like, could not wake back yeah. up. And then I think I woke up somewhere around, like, Mitchell, yeah, and that was rapid because we stopped. Oh, we rapid! Ate food. Yep, yeah. and we ate food, and then I drove to Mitchell, and then he drove Mitchell to Sioux Falls. Yeah, yeah, that was a wild time. That was fun. I never am driving again. No, and then after all this, we find out because the whole thing of driving was like we we're gonna save a ton of money. Right, we we're gonna save a ton of money on like gas because gas was so cheap. Was so cheap, and it was gonna cost however like. We thought. And I got really good gas mileage. And, yeah. And it's astronomical amount of money to buy five plane tickets. Yeah. As opposed to just, you know, spending the money to pay for gas. Well, then we found out that we actually would have saved money had we flown into Las Vegas. Or Los Angeles. Or Los Angeles. $99. And $99 per ticket. Uh-huh. And then rented a vehicle. Yeah. And I'm like... And she is so, she's like, so don't be mad. <laughs> well, because Preston told me when we were there. Yeah. Once we already drove, he was like, oh, by the way. By the way. I just found out the tickets were really cheap and we all could have just flown out together. Mind you, we had that, and we had that little, um, defi- like the little car diffuser because your car literally smelled like small people and foot sweat. Like it was <laughs> terrible. It was absolutely terrible. We had a little diffuser. And we were diffusing 
home. <laughs> and then the thing is, is that then for the next few months, I never told you this, for the next few months at work, uh-huh. you would have that same bottle of essential oil in your backpack. And yeah. every once in a while, you'd like put it on your temples and your neck. And it would just give me instant like anxiety, anxiety and flashbacks to being stuck in that car for like 50 hours. <laughs> And, like, I smelled it, and, like, in my mind, I'm, like, it just smells like the calm essential oils, but the other part of my mind was, like, but do you smell you the... You, you But, like, but it also smelled like feet. Like, it <laughs> yeah, didn't smell like feet, so but it's just, memories. like, all of it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh that was a fun time. It was fun. Should do that again sometime when the world is open back up. Right. Wow, that um, took a little bit of a turn there at the end, but... It's okay. In other words, your kids are <laughs> bomb.com. They're ours. Yeah. They're crazy. They are crazy. They are crazy. But they're fun. Well, closing comments. I don't have any. You don't have any. <laughs> Everyone go adopt a child. <laughs> um, oh, man. I can do this anytime. This is great. Are you just having the time of your life? You're like having so much fun. Cozy in the couch and have my feet up. Ate almost an entire charcuterie board. It's a good old time. I mean, there's like tons of stuff I want to talk to you about. Like, we could talk about everything. All the things. I mean, we couldn't fit it all into one episode, but I mean, we could talk about any of the numerous times your body's almost just given up on you yeah that's really fun but yeah i mean hey you gave us some good content here adopting i've definitely learned some things yeah i'm sure our listeners will now here's a real question this is what i want to know will you go back and listen to this episode will you be able to listen to yourself yeah 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 i love listening to myself Uh, that sounds terrible but i do and i i like watching my And I watch our Marco Polos. I'll watch myself, too. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why. You're just like, I'm so funny. I do that sometimes when I'm, like, sending Snapchats to my sisters. Uh-huh. I'll, like, re- and I'm, like, telling them a funny story. I'll, like, rewatch it three times. And every once in a while, like, Serena or my mom will, like, be in the passenger seat or something. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just so funny. <laughs> I like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm funny. amazing. Most people don't think so, but I do. And, yeah, I, I'm just weird like that. Yes, I will absolutely listen to it. Um, I'll, and I'll probably have be having a conversation with myself while I'm listening to it as well. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. I really love that for you. Yeah. Uh, we might even get a little saucy. Leave your one swear word in. Ooh. Ooh. Aren't you proud of me? I am really proud of you. You only had... For anyone who um, didn't know, the last episode that we did, or a few episodes ago, we did um, your cringiest date stories. And hers were the ones at the end where she re- recorded in and we played her recording and she had to be bleeped out a thousand times because she didn't really realize that I she was going to be... I was just sending a Marco Polo to Jenna and, and Jenna would be... Paraphrasing. Yes. And she was like, oh, I'm going to use your stories. And I'm like, awesome. Have fun. She's like, do I have your permission? I'm like, absolutely. Do whatever you want. And then I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I would have censored myself a little bit if I would have known. Oh, I thought it was funny. It took a lot to edit because editing and bleeps is ugh, a lot harder than I think anyone realized. Well, now we're just rambling, but yeah. And I think that because when we talk, that's just how I talk. Like, yeah, I know I have a terrible potty mouth, but that's just who I am. But I think that like it's hard to be like, oh, she said a bad word because it's just part of conversation. So right, much yeah, that it's hard to like 
pick them out. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're like super conscious about it. Exactly. But yeah, you've done very you've done very well. See? Very impressed with you. Thank you. Um thank you all for listening if you've made it this far. Um <laughs> If you made it this far, we've had a great old time, so I don't really care if you guys liked it or not. I had um, a great time. We'll have to have you on again sometime very soon. Anytime. Thanks for being on. I loved it. And um, we'll be here again. Well, I'll be here again. Des won't. I'll be here again next week in your guys' at ear holes for another episode of Coffee and a Combo Podcast. Bye. Are you going to say bye? Oh, bye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're done.